And so actually the inspiration of today's message was when we got to January, we knew we were going to be starting a series on January 8th. And I said, and I asked the team, I said, okay, well, where do you think people's heads are? Or what do you think people are thinking about on January 8th? And so Shannon actually inspired the message, uh, the series today, because she said, I think everybody's thinking about moving. And um, so... Because if you know Shannon, you know that she loves, uh, uh, does not love uh, the winter. And so what is that? And when we are through, and what she was talking about is we're through the stuff. And now we are in kind of the January, February, March, sometimes April, uh, but those three months where there isn't necessarily something on the the calendar or something to kind of look for or the goal or whatever that, you know, we just got through Thanksgiving and Christmas and now we're in the blah, right? You know, for me, you know, my calendar kind of turns off of uh, March Madness, and so that is my, I just got to get from, you know, New Year's Day to the tournament, and that is mid-March, so I got about 10 weeks there. But for all of us, we kind of hit this point of, well, what do we do now? And it's an opportunity, because we don't like waiting, we don't like uh, waiting for, you know, things to, to come into our life. We oftentimes will just shove stuff into our life in the midst of a quiet season. We often push busyness into calmness because God gives us rhythms. However, we like to upset those rhythms very regularly. Like we, we, when life, you know, quiets down very often, we'll just start filling it. And so then when we are in the busiest season and we wonder why we're so tired, exhausted, cranky, upset, because we're operating out of this deficit, because we're entering those busy seasons without necessarily coming in full. We're coming into busy seasons empty. And then we're just kind of doing the stuff. So January, especially January, is an opportunity for us to fill Because we know busyness and difficulties, and those things are going to come. Now, right now, uh, how many of you have a list going in your head? Not resolutions, but things that you have said, well, now that the holidays are over, I can finally get to this, whatever that thing is. Now that I'm not busy, I'm going to fill my life with these things that I had been putting off because I was so busy back then. But now that I'm not busy, I'm going to make myself busy by doing these things. So we are constantly in it because it feels weird and it feels almost bad to not be always kind of moving. Why? Because we're trying to fill our life with something. Now, here's the question. Are we filling our life with godliness and holiness, or are we filling our life with just stuff? Because at the end of the day, why are we so busy? It's often because we are making decisions to do such a thing. Maybe in your list is, you know, those things you need to get done, or there's less eating, less drinking, more reading, less phone, more planning, more budgeting, less planning, less budgeting, more, you know, there's just stuff that we're trying to, to improve. 
Maybe you noticed on January 1st, right around 12.05 a.m., the first commercial after the ball dropped was, hey, you really should lose some weight. (laughs) Or, hey, you really should do this, 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 and this. Because whatever that version of you last year, you kind of came into the end of it looking pretty miserable. Now let's do self-improvement. And self-improvement is great, but it becomes this idol that if I can just improve myself or if I can just just fill myself with better habits or better routines, then I'll become a better person. When was the last time you said, you know what, this year I'm going to fill myself with more faith, with more holiness, with more godliness. And we wonder why we're so often operating out of a faith deficit. I think a lot of us are just running on empty on faith sometimes. So what happens then is when we are running on empty on faith, Somebody comes in that is very convinced or has a very strong opinion on something of the faith with, and it's somewhat nonsense. They can convince you of it because you don't know. They seem passionate about it. Sure, I believe what you say. And that's why we are kind of in many situations that we find ourselves in theologically and spiritually because we're operating at a deficit. Because we, we don't like waiting. We want to fill stuff in. Um, In the book of John, actually, let me go back. There's about a 400-year period in between Malachi and Matthew in your Bible, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, depending upon uh, which church you were raised in, your Bible might have had some text in there. It's called the Apocryphal. The Apocryphal, and it's... uh, It's where the Hanukkah story is. If you're ever curious why Hanukkah isn't in my Bible, it's because it's in that intertestamental period. Now, that's 400 years, basically, of silence from God. And so people start to get a little itchy because this promised Messiah was supposed to come. And so, in fact, before Jesus, many people were being attributed as the Messiah, We're trying to heave Messiah on a lot of different people that weren't measuring up to this. And they would say, hey, 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 no, 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 not not me, not me, somebody else. So for about 400 years, we were not wanting to wait on God. We were trying to say, oh, you must be the Messiah, you must be the Messiah. In fact, we even did that with John, John the Baptist. In John chapter 1, he has to fix this very quickly. And it says, this was John's testimony. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, because they're trying to knock this down, he did not fail to confess, but he confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? Are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. Are you the prophet? No, I am not the prophet. And finally they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back. To those who sent us, what do you say about yourself? This is a very common, like they were going to people saying, who are you? Because they're waiting. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one whom you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. So this is in context what is occurring here is all of these Israelites are waiting for the Messiah. And John looks like a good candidate. 
He's baptizing. He's prophesying. He's doing all kinds of holy things. He's being bold. He's willing to you know, be jailed and imprisoned. He looks like a pretty good candidate. And he very quickly goes, I'm not the Messiah. They're trying to fill this gap of God's quiet. In the busyness, in the busy times, we feel empty because we don't necessarily like the quiet. But we need the quiet to endure the chaos. And if we don't fill our lives with faith during the quiet, then the chaos is going to knock us down. Because in January is a wonderful opportunity for us to say, I am going to fill my life with more faith, with more God, with more scripture, with more worship. But do we? What happens if while we wait, we work on our faith? What happens if in the next month or two, you build a strong foundation of faith that will endure and last through the busyness of the year? What if you take this opportunity now? It's not the fun work, but it's the work behind the work. It's the, it's the basement work that you're going to build your house on this year. And if you have a weak basement, your house is not going to be very strong. We can get very focused, though, on other parts of our house. Kind of the stuff that gets you know, more attention, more publicity. But if your foundation is weak, anything can come in and knock that down. In this intertestamental period, just right before it, there are a few prophets that show up. They're at the end of your Old Testament. Uh, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Not a lot of messages or sermons come out of them. They're a, kind of a funny little chunk. Because what happens is, is in the Old Testament, you're going to notice a pattern if you've ever read it. Um, the Israelites get, have a lot of strong faith. They do something. And then all of a sudden they think it was themselves. And they start to kind of worship their own, their own self. They build idols, and God says, I'm done. Then they get taken away, and then they go, oh, we messed up. And while, they're over, while they get taken away, they, they say, we messed up. We cry out to God. God says, okay, I'm going to rescue you. And then they go back over here. God rescues them. They go, okay, I did it myself. And it, it's just kind of a cycle. That's your Old Testament. I didn't want to ruin the ending, but that's your Old Testament, okay? It's, and that's us. God fixes God rescues us. We think we did it. We think, aren't I such a great person? God humbles us. We come over here. We cry out to God. He goes, okay, you got it this time? And we say, yep, sure do. And then we get back over here. And we say, man, I did such a great job fixing myself. That's our life. But in this period, they come back from exile. It's called post-exile because the Israelites are taken over by the Babylonians. It's called something called the Babylonian captivity. They're removed from Israel. And while they're over there, a lot of your Old Testament happens. There's a lot of intermarriage. There's a lot of, um, they, they don't necessarily recognize what God is doing. And then, but he rescues them and now they're back. These three prophets, Malachi, uh, Zechariah, and Haggai, are called post-exile prophets. Haggai only has two chapters. So if you want to feel really good about yourself, read those two chapters and say, I did a book of the Bible today. It's a quick read. And in this, he is warning them. It's a con- that's what the prophets are basically doing over and over and over is warning. Stay faithful. 
You didn't do this on your own. You didn't rescue yourself. So in Haggai chapter 1, he says, Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Can we get an amen on the purse with holes? Right? Anybody have kids in dance? Right? This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so I might take pleasure in it and be honored. You expected much, but it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Because my house remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own home. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine, the olive oil and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and all the labor of your lands. It's basically saying you're focusing on your own self. Meanwhile, my home, God's home, is in ruins. Not that your own home is a bad thing, but it's our priority and our focus should be on the house of God. So how do you do that? I love that. Go back to verse 9 for me. You, you eat, but you are never full. Sorry, verse 6. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put in a purse with holes in it. We're constantly trying to fill ourselves up with our own thing, with our own purpose, our own uh, work. And it's not that those things are bad. It's that we aren't focusing on our spiritual home at all. So while your, your physical home may look great, your spiritual home is in ruins. So then when we enter busy seasons and busy times and we wonder, why is my faith lacking? It's because we did not build the house in the calm time. So we're trying to put our house up in the midst of a storm and we're rushing and we're hurrying when we did not take the opportunities that God has given us and say, hey, slow down. What are you going to do? when it is negative 20 out and you've got nowhere else to go? What are you going to do when it's cold, you've done all the plowing, you've done all the shoveling, you're in your home, what is the thing that you will pick up first? Is it the remote? Is it your phone? Or is it scripture? That's hard to hear because I know what I, I, you know what I mean? That's, that's hard. What if, just throwing this out there, you spent half the time on the Word of God that you did on your phone? You ever get like the weekly screen report and you're horrified? What if God would like shoot you an email on a weekly scripture report? Right? Hey, Tom. Thanks for mildly glancing at the Bible that was over in the corner. Um, no, it's... And I'm not saying quantity is quality, but what I am saying is decisions. So let's say um, in the next week or so, we get a cold snap. 
And there is like those, or, or we get a really big storm. I do love a big storm. I don't like seeing the plow coming down to bury me once again with the, that stuff, right? The, it was what, December, whatever that was. I had just gotten done shoveling the front, and I saw him. I, and, and I'm outside looking at the plow guys. He's coming by to put that chunk of stuff and we made eye contact. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's something in the plow guy. He probably, like, was just smiling, you know. <laughs> but I had just done the, the right thing, and then here he comes. Okay, let's say you're through all of that. Have you uh, ever, in the midst of a storm, or you've got nowhere to go, and it's a great, one of those, no, there's all your appointments are canceled, schools, whatever it is. And there's that moment of, I have an opportunity here. No one's expecting me to be anywhere. I can't do anything outside. There's this quiet calmness. Does your brain go, I have always wanted to read Romans? Or there's this project I've, always, I've been needing, meaning to get done in the house. Now, I'm not saying that project in your house is not important or whatever that thing is is not important. But what I am saying, in terms of longevity and eternity, what will matter more, that project or your faith? And this is the time of year and this is the season where we get to do the work of, of putting in strength and depth and putting down roots, even in the midst of kind of the, the stillness and the darkness. This is the root-building season. Because in the summer or in the fall or whenever those chaotic moments will happen, winds will blow and things will occur and chaos will uh, occur in our lives and we're going to need some strong depth and root. This is, the, this is the time of year to do that. Because legitimately there's nothing to plan for, there's no holidays, there's, hopefully there's nothing, people aren't coming. You know, it's just that time of year that God gives us. God gives us this time of year, and I think it's such a, a chance for us. In, in the same way where if you're down south, God gives you August. Where you're not going outside anywhere. That's that moment of opportunity of, okay, I can build my spiritual home. God gives us January. And we can look at it with dread, annoyance, or we can look at it as, hey, I can, I can build my spiritual home here. Because all of these things, the less eating, drinking, less food, more, you know, all, all those kind of resolution-y stuff. Has anybody bombed out of the resolution yet? We're a weekend. It's, this is a safe place. Okay? We had three in the first. Everybody's lying. Okay? Izzy. This is pick on Izzy day at church. In a month, you will have failed your resolution, statistically. I'm sure you're going to be different, okay? But in a month, you will have failed it, and that's okay. What will be better? In a month, I didn't lose the amount of weight that I wanted to lose, or in a month, I really got closer to God in January. I'm still the same weight. I'm still... Whatever, you know, whatever else. The project did not get done. However, I am closer to God because of January. 
Society will consume January for you if you allow it. They will have you purchase things. They will have you get memberships to things. They will have you do all kinds of things that are good things. However, it will distract us long enough where then by April we're on to something else. And in reality, our faith never progressed. Our roots never deepened. And we are in the same spot that we find ourselves in and Easter's coming. Or the end of the school year is coming. Or whatever those things are, they stress us out and bring us chaos. Or, or you got to get the boat in the water. If you don't get the boat in the water, the kids are going to miss out. You got to get the cabin ready. If the cabin's not ready, you got to start planting the flock. All of those things that start to ramp up in the spring are going to be there. And when they're ramping up, where do you want to be? A little bit lighter in the waist, not a bad thing, or a little bit stronger and closer to Christ? It's a good thing. Which wins? And maybe you can do both. That's fine. But what I am desperately proclaiming is reclaim this time. Very rarely do we get time. Do not waste it. Do not use it on foolish things, on just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Put it down. Pick up Scripture. Or use your phone for something positive and have it read Scripture to you. Or, or study the Word of God. Join a Bible study here or go to theology night tonight where we're going to solve the book of Revelation. And... <laughs> You know, all of those things were together, but it's, as a church community and as a family, we can say, hey, I I don't necessarily want to buy into what society says that it should be important to me. Those are good things. After what we did to ourselves in December, we should probably lose a few. However, there's nobody screaming, hey, get closer to God. There's no voices yelling, hey, get into the Bible more. Worship more, pray more, adore more. There's no, nobody's going to, we have to do that ourselves. And if we don't do that ourselves, then very quickly it's going to be March. And there's a list. There's patio furniture to get out on that one weekend where it gets warm and everybody forgets. You know, in March, there's that, that, seat, that weekend of hope, right? <laughs> Things start to melt and you get way ahead of yourself. You go, you know what, let's get it out. This is, this is going to be an early spring, and it's not. I did that a few years ago. I fell into it. It was a great weekend, though. So why is that? Because we want, we can't stand waiting. We, 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 we want the next thing. And I know January is not necessarily as fun, or maybe, you know, it's going to be cold. Okay. Great. Here's your chance. This is your chance to dive into the Word of God, to build up your spiritual home and not focus so much on your physical home. Nobody's coming over. There's no holidays to host. Where's your Bible? Is it on a shelf? Is it on an app on your phone? Great. Get it out. Dive into the Word of God. Build that faith. Build that strength. Because I don't want to be at the end where I said, I, I ate, but I was never full. I drank, but I was always thirsty. And I built my own house first. Even in January, even in the waiting, we can strengthen our faith. 
build that foundational root faith so we can build, start building our house as the year progresses. So why don't you pray with me this morning? Father, even in the stillness and in the quiet, even in the cold snaps, the, the annoyances of this time of year, we have an opportunity for us as a family of God to slow down and not feel the need to fill it immediately with things that aren't of you. Busyness is not holiness. May we embrace the stillness of this season, the calm, after what was such a busy few months. And we look to our Father and we say, how do we get to know you better? How do we get closer to you? We have every avenue and every path in front of us, our own personal stuff or godliness. May we choose you this morning. We pray all of this in your holy name. Amen.